1: Welcome to Ruthie's Table Four, a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios.
2: Mel Brooks makes the world laugh. Watch the producers, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein. Listen to the 2,000-year-old man or read his autobiography, All About Me, and you are guaranteed to find yourself laughing out loud until it hurts. But for me... Having known Mel for 25 years, funny is not the first word I would use to describe this amazing man. Hungry. Hungry. <laughs> Fiercely hungry. proud. When I see you, I get Do hungry. Do you think that's yeah. your adjective? You get hungry when yeah. you see when I me. Yeah, I see you, I get very hungry. Oh, I get hungry when I, I see you. And I miss the River Cafe I, so much. Well, oh, we love you there. Fiercely proud of his children and his grandchildren, the first one to pick up a phone to a friend in trouble. Refusing an award in opposition to the Iraq war and waiting to accept it from President Obama. Mm-hmm. Vulnerable after the loss of people he loved. To Mel, food and wine are yeah. crucial. Many of his life's happenings have occurred in restaurants. And as for wine, he will tell you himself.
3: Spill it all over the table.
2: <laughs> you just well, take, of course this I seriously. take it. I'm trying to take this seriously. Okay. Today it is home. We are together. Lucky me. We're going to uh, talk about wine. Oh, yeah. And family and friends. And be prepared to laugh, because Mel Brooks is funny. Oh. So that was a serious introduction.
3: I want to tell you... What do you want to tell me, darling? That me? before we stop talking, before I forget, I would like to do my imitation yes. of a cat. Because... Okay. Not, not a lot of people know that I, I do. I make the best cat sound okay. in the world.
2: Ready? i okay. just, just give me I'll one second. I just this. need one second to really get myself into this. Okay, here's cat. Mel Brooks doing the sound of a cat. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is, that is a perfect sound. It's hard oh, to do. Hard to do. Huh? I do it in, in Young Frankenstein. I think it's it's a dart throwing contest, and one of the darts <laughs> hits a cat. And you hear, you know. That's good. Did you do
2: the sound? Did I you did, get there I, every night. I, I, and I always the do sound. the sound.
3: Yeah, yeah, Can you
2: yeah. do it again? Wow. <laughs> That's
3: good. So, yeah. what's the technique? Technique is to is to squash some air between your cheek and the front of your mouth.
2: Wow. <laughs> As we're talking about cats and fish, maybe oh, if you think cats. about fish you know cats like to eat fish we could actually read the recipe oh yeah if
3: i we, my favorite of all the all <laughs> of all the things in the book well, there's a good picture of it too yeah. in, in uh, your cookbook
2: yeah river cafe london, london. 30 cuz that was done for our 30th 30
3: thrift. 30 years mm. wow
2: do you remember you came to the party? I did. Oh, oh it was a you, great. Party. You and Richard sat there the whole night in oh yeah in the restaurant, and everybody just came to your table. Oh, everyone, yeah. everybody wanted to see you. It
3: wasn't as important as the food on my plate. Believe yeah, me, a lot I, of
2: food. Yeah,
3: I we, paid attention to uh, all eats. All the eats are supreme. Let me do read, you want the, to read recipe. the recipe.
2: Okay, we okay. got it there.
3: Dover sole with marjoram. I don't know what marjoram is, but I love it. Okay, whatever it is. Whatever it is. One bunch of fresh margarine leaves. One whole Dover sole weighing 12 to 14 ounces, 350 to 400 grams. Scaled and cleaned. Of course, of course. I'm not going to eat it with the scales on. Never. And with the stuff inside. No, sir. One lemon cut in half. I have lemons. Meyer lemons from my Meyer lemon tree. We're just outside here. And they are golden, yellow, and running with lemon juice that is superior to mm-hmm. anything in the world. So if I have a Dover Sole, I'll bring my lemons.
2: Okay, well, we get our lemons from Amalfi, so they're pretty good, too.
3: Okay, here we go. Preheat the oven to 450 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty hot. Mm-hmm. That's pretty hot. Brush a large, flat baking sheet with extra virgin olive oil. Scatter half the marjoram leaves over the sheet along with some sea salt and black pepper. Place the fish on top. Season with sea salt and black pepper, then scatter the remaining marjoram. Drizzle. I love that word. Drizzle generously with olive oil. Okay, that sounds great. Bake for 15 to 20 minutes, test with the point of a sharp knife, insert it into the center with the thickest part of the sole. Ah! (laughs) If cooked, the flesh should come away from the bone. Okay. Squeeze the lemon, either from Amalfi or from Mel Brooks' Lemon Tree, over the fish and serve with any juices from the pan that are left. I like that.
2: Let's begin at the beginning. beginning. Earliest food memories. What do you remember from, you know, your early days? Did did your mother cook?
3: Yeah, my mother, okay. It was was a standard Williamsburg, Brooklyn, Jewish tenement food. Hmm. So breakfast in the winter was always a hot cereal, cream of wheat or Ralston, which was a kind Hmm. of brown, brown porridge. And then in the summer, cornflakes, Rice Krispies, or Wheaties. What Just, year
2: would that have been? How old would you have been? I,
3: I would, that would be 35. I'd be around nine.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That's when I went. My Uncle Joe, shortest Jew on earth. How short? When I, when How short? I, he was a cab, He was about 4'4". Okay. <laughs> when, when, when a taxi, a big checkered taxi cab rolled down the streets of Brooklyn, and there was no driver. That, that was Joe. That you could, <laughs> He's you, you could, there was no driver. He was so short. That's he could just sweet. about peer over the, you know. Anyway, Joe took me because his friend Al was the doorman uh-huh. of the Alvin Theater on 52nd Street. And running at that same theater was Cole Porter's Anything Goes. Anything I had never seen a Broadway show. I was nine years old, and Uncle Joe took me to see Anything Goes. I was stunned. I was, I couldn't believe it. Even though we were in the second balcony, as far away from the stage uh-huh. as you can get, Ethel Merman was too loud. No mics. She was uh-huh. just...
2: She, she was in Anything Goes? Anything Goes. Who did she, did William she play, Gaxton. Did she play the mother? The, yeah, yeah. The, the, the woman. The, it's on a ship, isn't it? Anything Goes? It's on a ship. Very good, yeah, very good. Yeah.
3: And uh, Victor Moore yeah. was, was the gangster. Oh, the gang, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was so, at the end, I nearly clapped my hands over. I just couldn't stop clapping and screaming and shouting. And then I got back in Uncle Joe's camp. I said to him, Uncle Joe, I'm not going into the garment center. Everybody at 365 South 3rd Street between on Hooper and and, uh, Hughes, 365 South 3rd Street. Everybody in that building worked in the garment center. They, They were... Shipping clerks, they were cutters, they were designers, they were salesmen. They, everybody, I think, on the street, 361, 363, 365, these tenements, everybody was in the garment center. And I screamed at my uncle Joe, Uncle Joe, I'm not, I'm not going into the garment center. I'm not. I'm going to go into show business. I loved it, I loved it, you know, and it changed my it did, and I did. And you did. Because and did of have, would he take Porter, you
2: to food? Would he take you out to eat? Yeah, would you, well, you know, the once theater? in a while. I always went to the theater as a kid, and then there was the meal afterwards, or yeah. the lunch before, it was a day well, out. Well,
3: we, uh, we had some favorites that Uncle Joe would take us to. Where? One was called Gallagher's Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. They had... Like half a cow in the window, I mm-hmm. always had these half cows in the window, you know, just the raw ra- meat, raw Should meat have, yeah, hang hanging gallaghers yeah and 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 the and the steak was incredible, yeah and sometimes we would go to Jack Dempsey's restaurant, and what was that and it was great, but you know it, it was uh it was all meat there was there never any fish in a restaurant, yeah. And I never mm. liked fish. Mm. I don't think I ever liked fish until I was 70 or 80 and I went to the River Cafe and had uh, to so. a
2: So really, you never mm. ate fish? Either I hardly
3: ever ate fish as a
2: kid. Yeah. But it's interesting to me that you, you describe a kind of modest uh, home life in terms of going yeah. your food. But went out to food. But you went out to restaurants. So yeah, you once could, in a while. How did they afford restaurants? To, we was we that a, a treat?
3: The, some, uh, a lot of Jewish restaurants were called dairy restaurants. Mm. And they serve stuff like blintzes with sour cream uh, and, and uh, all, all dairy. You never know, mixed meat and dairy with something, uh, some religious nonsense. Did,
2: did your grandmother cook for you?
3: My grandmother cooked.
2: What did she cook? Oh, Which grandmother? Your mother's mother your My mother's your mother,
3: mother. I never knew my
2: You dad. never knew your father's
3: No, no. My father's grandmother, I did know. She did Seder meals, Passover right. meals, in Bensonhurst, where they lived in a... In a a big one-family house. Did
2: they come? Were they first generation? Yeah.
3: No, they were. They, they were European.
2: Yeah. Born born in, born Europe, born in Europe. Europe. And Europe. And so, do you think your grandparents brought their food with them? The food yeah, of their
3: they culture. Yeah, they all they all cooked the same stuff. They, what you was know, it, Mel? Mostly, it was chicken, chicken and chicken soup, and mm-hmm. and uh, brisket. Yeah, they made brisket. Mm. Absolutely, they mm. made brisket and brown
2: potatoes. Do you, you and, know my grandparents came? They, were f- they came from Hungary and Russia. And my father remembers my grandmother having in the Lower East Side yeah. a carp swimming in the bathtub mm. that they would make a filter fish out of. So can you imagine having a... They would bring a Same live fish.
3: Live fish. My you mother did? would get a live fish.
2: Oh, my gosh.
3: My brother Bernie and I would usually... One, we, we loved and we called him Artie. <laughs> and we, we fed him breadcrumbs and we chased him around the bathtub. And then... It was unspeakable. I can't even describe it.
2: the killing of the fish. Irving,
3: my older, oldest brothers, Irving and Lenny, held us back. We were screaming, <laughs> don't kill him. And my mother would say, we've got to eat. We've got to eat supper. And she'd, she'd kill Artie and serve him Ugh. to us. And we would
2: cry. And we, yeah. But we ate him. And then would you get another carp and kill that? Carp? We got another carp. It's yeah, so interesting carp. that they had live fish swimming in the bathtub. In the bathtub, it's true. You know, that they it's didn't. A, it's amazing that you had the same. Yeah, my brother Michael, who you know, um, just wrote. what I found that something my father had written about his memories of food and just living in the mm-hmm. Lower East uh, Side. But I, you weren't in the Lower East Side; you were in Brooklyn. No, no, we were well,
3: Lower East was, Side, an extension of the Lower East Side. Was Williamsburg? But that was probably yeah. one step up, was it? Well, it was one step. if you put it next next to a a section of Brooklyn called Bronzeville.
2: What was Bronzeville? East New
3: York. And that was really where they had coal stoves. They didn't even have gas.
2: Yeah.
3: You know, we had electricity and we had gas, so we were one step above Bronzeville, equal to the Lower East Side.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, And uh, let me tell you, my mother used to make, every once in a while on a Sunday night, she would make spaghetti. Mm-hmm. she would buy a box of Mueller's noodles. They were flat.
2: Flat noodles.
3: And yeah. she'd cook them until they were dead.
2: <laughs> <And> <laughs> They'd be really soft.
3: Really. Oh, yeah, they were yeah. really soft. Yeah. And then she'd put them in a baking pan, and she would empty a bottle of Heinz ketchup over oh, them. Gosh. This is spaghetti. Wow. And then she'd bake it for oh. 30 or 40 minutes until the pan was dead, till everything was dead. <laughs> and then she'd cut them into squares... Oh. and served it to us, and she said, spaghetti. And yeah. I was from 8 years old to about 13 or 14. That was spaghetti, and it was okay.
2: Yeah, it, it was, was okay? Hungry. It was, it was really, really okay. It was, it was really yeah. okay.
3: Then I I had joined a club called the Balsa Bugs. We made model airplanes. I think we enjoyed oh. smelling the glue yeah. more than we liked <laughs> making the planes. But we made... so. so one of, one of the Balzerbugs, it was Bernie Steinberg, it was Flappy Rothman, and it was Tony Galliani. An Italian. And, an Italian. And Tony said, I'm going home, to, it was Sunday, and I said, he said, I'm going home to uh, have spaghetti. I said, we have spaghetti on Sunday, too. Mm. He said, well, try, you know, come on and have our spaghetti. So I went home. I walked into his apartment, which was in Greenpoint, a little yeah. on the edge of Williamsburg. As I walked in, I was assaulted by these incredible smells, just the, the aromas of, 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 of garlic. and uh, I mean, yeah. it, it was just incredible. Then I sat down. They served this warm, squiggly spaghetti, Real spaghetti, mm-hmm. squiggly but not dead. Yeah, it still had al some, dente was it sort it of al dente? It still fought back a little yeah, bit. Yeah. In yeah. Your <laughs> mouth, fought back. And sauce this red, thick red, beautiful sauce with uh, meatballs yeah. in it, and and sprinkled on top of it was this white stuff, snow. I think it Parmesan was Parmesan cheese. Parmesan cheese, yeah. 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 And I took I took one bite and I started to cry. Did you cry? I yeah. wept. I wept and I said, Tony. This is, this is spaghetti. Wow. This is spaghetti. I How heard, old were you? I was about 14. And I just wept, and I went when I came home, I said, Mom, you're not making spaghetti. <laughs> I don't know what that stuff is, that cardboard, but it's not spaghetti.
2: You, know. you were starting to tell me about your her mother's food. What was her mother's food um, like um, when you went to your grandmother's?
3: When we went to the Seder, was, I don't know they made little dishes before to celebrate the Jews' freedom from slavery uh-huh. in, in Egypt. Uh-huh. And uh, they had something with apples and stuff that was supposed to mimic the mortar uh-huh. that the Jews uh-huh. carried up uh-huh. to make, make sure these big stones stayed together. And then some salt for the heart, for the suffering, for the tears. Uh-huh. And it was a lot of those little things. Uh-huh. And then she served this thing called the filter fish uh-huh. with red... Horseradish. Horseradish. Yeah. They called it crane. Crane yeah. or crane, yeah. and it was just thrilling. Mm. I loved
2: it. So you love food? From a, food was important uh, yeah, to you at yeah. a very early age. Well, when age, I tasted food, you know. my mother
3: wasn't making food. She was, <laughs> 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 she was making something at bath for
2: food. So do you think your mother w- was not? No. Okay, and the
3: so. first time I had Chinese food. Where was that? In Williamsburg. At a restaurant. We yeah. never went to. A, my mother said, "We're going to go to a Chinese restaurant tonight," mm. and. Each meal, the whole meal menu, 25 cents. 25, 25 cents. In the Chinese
2: restaurant. In the Chinese restaurant. Uh,
3: and you got you got uh, egg drop soup that's right. first.
2: That's right.
3: Then you got chow mein, always right. chow mein. And then you got a yellow ball with little pieces of ice in it, a round ball. That was the ice cream dessert. And and then some fortune cookies oh, yeah. with, with uh, paper in it that, uh, you know. I ate the paper. I ate everything. <laughs>
2: the yeah. paper, everything was sweet. Everything
3: was sweet.
1: <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80.
3: One of the most delicious things was very simple. We lived at five five stories up in this tenement, and I wasn't I wasn't gonna come up. They will get that. I was not gonna come up for lunch.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I was not. Why? Because it was five stories, and I didn't want to le- leave the game. Right. So we took a break in the game, and my we all had lunch. They all brought bags and stuff with them, sat on the curb, my friends, and. Uh, my mother would throw in in throw down in a brown paper bag a Kaiser roll smeared with a lot of butter, fresh butter, and almost a whole tomato, sliced and salted, and put that. And it was the most delicious and thing. And you'd catch it, and I I'd, I'd always catch it, but yeah, one I,
2: time I missed it. I was going to say five stories up is quite high. Five, five stories, and on. one There's... time I missed it, and splat! splat. You, you
3: heard the sound. <laughs> and the bag was crammed with wet uh, so i i very carefully peeled the what used to be the bag away mm. from the sandwich mm. and i began eating the sandwich and i once again cried it was so great
2: mm.
3: it was the closest thing to pizza yeah. <laughs> I, when did and, you have your
2: first pizza
3: oh i had my first pizza when i was um, I, I, I don't i was 16 or 17
2: yeah so as a teenager, you lived at home. And then when did you leave, when you left home, did you cook for yourself? Well, I didn't leave home. Oh, okay.
3: I was sent to Virginia Military Institute. The Army, There's a guy that came to my high school. and mm-hmm. We were going to graduate. I was, we were 17, we were going to be 18 and graduated from mm-hmm. Eastern District High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, our claim to fame was a red Auerbach was a great incredible basketball coach and mm. world famous. And he he was on the team, and he was a genius. Anyway, I left because the guy said, if you can pass a test, you'll be in the Army Specialized Training Reserved Program. Mm-hmm. And it would stand you in good stead because later when you were drafted or mm. taken into the regular Army you already had some background mm-hmm, in, in mm-hmm. military, mm-hmm. and you could maybe mm-hmm. choose your branch of service. And, great, okay. So I took the test, and the test was not hard. It was how much is two and two? I said, well, mm-hmm. if you put them next to each other, you got twenty-two. <laughs> you know, so, but it was easy. Yeah. And they wanted you. So when I was seventeen, they sent me to VMI, mm-hmm. Virginia Military. Institute the West Point of the South.
2: Yeah.
3: And uh, I'd go to restaurants in Lexington, Virginia, and when the waitress would take your order, she'd always answer back one thing. She'd say, You want grits with that? And we'd say, What? She said, Do you want grits with that? (laughs) We
2: said, No. Grits are made with corn. You want grits with that? You want grits with that? I just couldn't understand. Yeah. Couldn't understand. Later I had some grits. They weren't so bad. Not so bad. It's kind of like polenta in a sort of funny way. Yeah, it's kind of like polenta.
3: You yeah, know, what was it like,
2: the food in the military? Well, was the that a the... harsh awakening?
3: Yeah. can I, I can be very honest with you and yeah. say some words that's, uh, yes. that are off yeah, color. Yeah, this is a podcast. We can do it. Okay, want. it's a podcast. We can do it. I remember the only thing, the, the Army had a... I went into the mess hall at Fort Dix, mm-hmm. and I was shocked by what I saw. On a on a on a, a great big griddle, mm-hmm. maybe... Maybe twelve feet by twelve feet, it mm-hmm. was just enormous. Mm-hmm. I saw a thousand eggs sunny side up. Mm. And you'd pick, you'd say, Give me two, give me three, give me four and then that was that was eggs, and then there was like a a trash barrel, a clean one of course, mm. that had oatmeal in it. And then there was uh it was just that kind of, you know. Mm. So it wasn't so bad. Were when you homesick? I was homesick.
2: You could be so homesick. How old were you?
3: Oh, well, I was I, I was nearly old enough to be in the regular Army, so I was 17
2: and a half. That's young, to take you out yeah. of Brooklyn, to take you out of your home, yeah. put you in a place. Give that you was a strange grits. place. But anyway, we were lot. all
3: together, and we, we you know, we held on to each other. You yeah. know.
2: Did you take from... anything away from that experience? Yeah, I
3: did. They were they were unusually nice to us, these what? cadets, yeah. these southern cadets. They had, And they taught us never to lie, Mm. Honor is the best thing, mm.
2: you know. That stayed with you.
3: And stay, that stayed with me. I hardly, mm. I hardly ever lie, except mm. in show business, you're forced to lie. I mean, Say something I yeah. to tell somebody their yeah, work is right, good. Right, do you sure. do that when it wasn't somebody? Good. Oh, always tell somebody Allie, you look so great today yeah. you know, that's I so said,
2: wait, a friend of mine once interviewed Isaiah Berlin You know, the philosopher and he, oh, said, yeah. he said, when you admire somebody's work Do you just say, I loved your work? And they said, no, 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 that's for the work you didn't think so much of If you really loved their work you, I died you know, I was on yeah, the floor yeah, I almost, <laughs> you know, how, do you, how do you give that's praise? That's so true that's yeah, so I true, love your work yeah. is for the people whose yeah. work you didn't like yeah, yeah, you, know, right. that, exactly. you say, that's fine you know. Yeah, yeah. But then what happened after the... After and any, anyway, I went to the real army, and there
3: I saw a 1,000 eggs, sunny, side. Oh, no, that was in the real the, army. In the real the army, yeah. Eggs. Fort, that was Fort Dix, New Jersey.
2: And what year would that have been, Mel?
3: Uh, I'll tell you exactly. June '44. I was transferred from VMI to Fort Dix. I was in the regular army. And then there, there was a thing, it was on the table, it was... A, Big round bowl with stuff in it, mm. and uh, no, it was not at the table. It was like where where the cooks were, mm. you know. And they had big spoons and they could slop it. They could mm. they put it on on some toast, and you know, and uh, I didn't. I never took a chance, but once I said, you know, I said I, the guys next to me ate it, so I took a chance and I got it, and I said to them. What is that? What is this we're eating? Mm. And they said, shit on a shingle. <laughs> I said, what? Shit on a shingle? It turned out to be creamed beef on toast. Yeah. And it wasn't so bad. But the army, you know. Did called. they send you abroad? Did you go did you Yeah, go to eventually. Europe? But let me tell you, at breakfast, at all meals in the army, mm. there was no short-cutting. You, oh, you, you got into a lot of trouble. Mm. If someone said, pass the butter or pass the the jam or the whatever, you passed it. Hmm. If you stopped and took some of it and put it on your plate, huh? that was short-cutting, and oh. you had to leave the table. Oh, In the middle of your meal, that's it. You're, you're
2: through. So you pass, and mm-hmm. then you yeah. wait for somebody you to pass it, it to you. You passed, and then you waited, you waited. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I guess that's polite.
3: And then when we were on bivouac, bivouac means when you're, you're on a campsite, hmm. you pitch tents and you sleep on the ground, and then you go through a mess line with a, this stuff to eat with. It's all aluminum, and then there are, there are indentations for mm, food mm. in it.
2: I like and those kind of like trays. Yeah. Trays with, trays the, yeah, with and indentations.
3: The and then they always did the same thing. It was beef stew. They put the beef stew in the deepest yeah, dish yeah. in the tray. Then you ask for the, let's say, the... But mashed potatoes, mm-hmm. you figure, well, there's a big spot next to it that's deep. Mm-hmm. Give that no, on the meat, on the meat, and then the mashed potatoes on the meat, on the meat, and then to top it off, or sliced peaches on top of the mashed potatoes. No, and there were places no. in each plate for sec- sections where everybody c- you could eat like a person, but they invariably put beef stew, Eww. then mashed potatoes, and then <laughs>
2: and. I don't know. So you always cared about how food tasted, didn't Yeah, you? and you there was really? one
3: big, re- another very big revelation in my, yeah. uh, about me. food. Gene Wilder, I could cry thinking of him, he was so sweet, the oh, no. sweetest, invited Ann and I to dinner at his house and, in the village, at his house apartment in the village. I forgot what we ate, but he served wine. Up until then, hmm. the only wine... I had ever really. I never cared for wine. I mm-hmm. always say it tastes a little sour. Uh, up until then, Manischewitz, uh, mm-hmm. Carmel, is a mm-hmm. sweet Jewish wine, and I tasted this
2: wine. Was it a French
3: wine? It was a French wine, Santa Steff. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, and I said, "What is this?" He said, "It's wine." I said,
2: yeah.
3: So this is wine. This is wine. And he got me hooked. And from that day, I I think I was 20-something, whatever, Mm. 24, 26, I don't know, to that day to this, if I have wine, it's always a good wine. It's either a good Italian wine or a good French wine or a good Napa Valley wine. Mm. But he he taught me that wine could could actually taste, really taste good, you know.
2: And so how did you make the kind of voyage from tasting wine to having one of the great sellers?
3: Well, up until Blazing Saddles, I was hanging on to show business with the skin of my teeth, not making any money. The first movie I made was The Producers. Good movie. I won the Academy Award for the screenplay, but uh, it just about broke even. And then the next one was The Twelve Chairs which was a foreign movie, mm. kind of, you know, mm. made, it was a good, I very, one of my best movies. I agree. But, alas, it didn't make a penny. Mm. So I was thinking of going back to television where I was doing all right, I was making money, and then Blazing Saddles, yeah. and that was an explosion. Yeah. Busted open the doors and windows and, and gave me enough money to buy a house and, you know, finally pay pay for dinner and didn't have to slip me money under the table, so I was okay. Blazing Saddles did it, and that.
2: And but how that. did you educate yourself in wine? Did somebody help you, or did you? Well, once
3: once I tasted the, those wines, you know, I looked I looked up, you know, I got mm. a book, I got a few books. Mm.
2: Uh,
3: can you find a book? Take a look. Look up on the on the shelf there. Look up on the shelf. See if you find a wine book. Yeah. So I've always got books, mm. finding finding out what you know.
2: If somebody said they wanted to learn about wine, would you say read or would? You I would say, say...
3: read. I would say read. I would say read. Yeah, yeah. What
2: book is that, Mel?
3: Bordeaux. Bordeaux. No, All the chateaux. These, these are are of are Yeah.
2: So then you just learned, and you visited, and you. And okay. I
3: visited, you know, and I went. Cheval Blanc I invited me, the owner yeah. of the uh, chateau, and. I spent the weekend And there. do you still go
2: downstairs? Do you have your wine cellar downstairs? Yeah, Is it I, have it. Here? I have it downstairs. And do you go downstairs Every and once grab in a bottle of wine? I don't drink wine? much
3: wine now because of my belly. I can't drink a lot of wine.
2: But you can drink some.
3: I can drink some.
2: That's Yeah, you should. Yeah, I can I
3: can, I can. can drink some.
2: What do you feel about Italian wine? I love Italian wines.
3: Yeah. I love a Barolo, and, mm. you know. And, uh, Italian wines can be soft and wonderful, or they can be rough and beautiful, mm. you know.
2: And, A lot of Italian wines are great. It's changed now, you know. There's a new generation of Italian winemakers whose fathers were almost farmers, you know. Mm -hmm. Everybody had a vineyard and Chianti or whatever. And then this new generation are taking it seriously, and they actually even came to California to learn more about wine. All right. Yeah.
0: watch what you want when you want immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4k picture and sound for every budget with sizes for every room find your perfect Philips roku tv today online or at your local walmart and sam's club
2: so we talked about food in the army but what i'd like to talk to you about food and filmmaking so or television when you were working in film and in studios what would food be like there would there be a canteen where you ate? What were they called? The yeah. commissary. What would they commissary. call? Commissary. Commissary. What was that In like? In the army,
3: it's the mess hall.
2: Yeah.
3: In the movie studios, it's yeah. a commissary.
2: And what happened? What was that like? Well, some some had a. So
3: Fox was very good. Mm-hmm. Fox they had good food. actually had. really, I mean, at Fox, you could get an omelet. Hmm. You know, other other studios didn't know what an omelet was. You know.
2: So tell me about a lunch. Would you stop for lunch and would you all meet other actors from other films? Everybody would just meet there. Was that a way of kind of meeting people? Who did you meet when you had In lunch? the commissary?
3: Yeah. Well, mostly the, the folks that I met, you know, the stuff that, you know, Alan Ladd Jr., who ran Fox, would yeah. often like to eat at my table. Yeah. And the guy who just passed away last, this, earlier this year, Richard Donner. Yes. I loved so much. Oh. He was so mischievous. And uh, Jay Cantor, who at one time, as an agent for MCA, handled Marlon Brando, Grace Kelly. Yeah. I mean, and they all liked him because he was soft and sweet, mm, and he was. Mm. So Jay used to eat with us.
2: And he was on the movie set, wasn't he? he was and he, there. well, he had,
3: you invo- would commissary.
2: invite people to come yeah. to, to the yeah. commissary. They'd come
3: to the Fox and eat yeah. with us.
2: Your good friend Alan Yentop, who we Alan, love, whenever he was in town. Told right? me to ask you a story about Cary Grant. Yes. What's the story about Cary Grant? Oh,
3: it's a good story. Okay. Uh, I was not yet a filmmaker,
2: mm-hmm.
3: but I was writing a movie for a guy called Marvin Schwartz on the universe a lot. So I'm writing this movie, and I look across the way, and I see Grant Art, G-R-A-N-A-R-T. And I mm-hmm. say to Marvin Schwartz, Marvin, what the hell is Grant, Grant Art? Who, who works there? He says, that's Cary Grant. That's his... Mm-hmm. Cary Grant, that's about 20 feet away. It's 30 feet away.
2: Mm -hmm. What year was this, Mel?
3: This was, I can tell you, exactly 59. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah,
3: I think 59. Mm
2: -hmm. So you're watching.
3: I'm watching to see uh, Cary Grant. I'm watching. And sure enough, a Rolls Royce comes. a, A guy gets out, a chauffeur. He opens the back door, bounding. Two two steps at a time, up up the stairs to grandpa's, in a gray. It's got to be because dark gray with with chalk stripes, double breasted. Cary Grant. That was him. I said, "Holy shit, it's Cary Grant. It's, I can't believe it." So one day, soon after that, I'm walking down about twelve thirty to the the commissary at Universal. I hear a little click, clack, click, clack behind me. And I turn around and I hear Mel Brooks. Oh, I don't believe it. It's, it's Mel. You're Mel Brooks. I said, oh, my God, it's Cary Grant. I said, how do you know me? He said, I got your record. I just bought your record. Thanks. You cost me $1,000. I bought so uh-huh. many records. And then he said, buddy, well, where are you going? I said, to the company. He said, well, let's go together. So, Wow. I'm mean, gonna have lunch. I had lunch with yeah. Carrie Grant. I called my brother Bernie, Lenny, Irving. I called everybody in Williamsburg. They wanted to know what he ate. I said yeah. he had two poached eggs, <laughs> yeah, on toast. <laughs> but I had uh, tuna fish. Yeah, okay. Next day, phone rings. It's Car- Carrie. Yeah, it's Mel. Carrie, Mel, hey, come. Lunch, yes, whoa, well, boom, yeah. together. Me and uh-huh. Cary Grant, we walked The Wednesday, me and Cary Grant, Thursday, me, and we're talking. What's your favorite color? I say blue. He says yellow. <laughs> What's your favorite car? I say a Buick. He says a Rolls or a, yeah. know. Comes Friday, I, I don't know what to ask him. I don't, you know, I know uh-huh. he's going to call. I've run out of dialogue. Okay. <laughs> so the phone rings, and I say to Marvin. If it's Cary Grant, I'm not in.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Which is not true, but it
2: mean, makes, makes for a great Did story. Did you see him ever again? Oh, sure. Yeah, all the time. Oh, sure. I, one of the Cary Grant stories I love. I, I, you know,
3: I used it in my stand-up stuff, and I made it funny. Yeah. But I actually, if I told the truth, it was really very touching, because he was a really a good actor.
2: Yeah.
3: And, and he had true. made some very beautiful... You know, intelligent, soft films about love and people, and and, and they didn't have none of it. I kept saying, "Why don't?" That was such a great picture. Why don't they make? He said, "Because the money was in 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 the light comedies."
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, really? He said, yeah. yeah. So I think that mm-hmm. you know, life through food and through your family and to your grandparents mm-hmm. and coming here to this home and uh, well, the, the memories.
3: Food, yeah, the food at the River Cafe is still. Well, is uh, literally some of the best. And I've and I've eaten in some really great restaurants, you know, and I've had duck at the Tour d'Argent, mm-hmm.
2: you know. Oh, yeah, we've had
3: the finest. omelets with Madame Romain de Lyon.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Never split an omelet, she mm-hmm. said. Th- she said if you split it, it'll run. It'll it, run. She said you can split a steak, but never split
2: an omelet. When yeah. I came here, I told um, Danny remember Danny the chef Danny oh, yeah. and I said great. I was coming to see you and he said you know I once made a risotto for Mel and yeah. he came up to the pass and he said Danny you made that risotto you should be proud of yourself and mm. it was so something so meaningful because you didn't say I'm, yeah. I'm proud of you and you yeah. said you should be proud of yourself yeah. so I'd like to end this by saying Mel Brooks you should be proud of yourself I love you Ruthie I love you, I love you yeah. Mel, thank you, you. bye bye one last question: If food is something to alleviate hunger, if food is something to give someone we love, it's also comfort. Yeah, that we, there is a kind of food that we go to when we need when, comfort. When we
3: have, when I have a really outstanding meal, like like your spaghetti,
2: hmm.
3: you made for my for my son Max. Yes, we we just uh, came in upon you and. Max was hungry and you said I'll make him and you made made him some spaghetti. Yeah. And I taste it was the most delicious spaghetti in the world. When food is really good, it serves the soul. It serves the soul. And I'm not talking about over soul. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it when food is really good, it serves more than just the belly and and the hunger and it serves the soul. And and you should be very proud of yourself and the and the restaurant that That's one of the best restaurants in the world.
2: Thank you, Mel. You bet. I love you.
1: The River Cafe Lookbook is now available in bookshops and online. It has over 100 recipes beautifully illustrated, with photographs from the renowned photographer Matthew Donaldson. The book has 50 delicious and easy-to-prepare recipes, including a host of River Cafe classics that have been specially adapted for new cooks. The River Cafe Lookbook. Recipes for cooks of all ages. Ruthie's Table 4 is a production of iHeartRadio and Atomize Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.